Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we are getting a little crazy. We are going to cover a crazy week for the tribe, a crazy win for a legend, and look ahead to the crazy summer blockbuster schedule. I'm here tonight with two of the best ever. Phil Denko is here. Hey, guys. How you doing? Tommy Burke is back as well. How you doing, Tom? What's up, boys? Good to be here. Thanks, Welcome Kurt. Welcome back, Berkey. Thank you. Tommy, let's start with you, man, since you're making your big re-entry into the show. Slow TV is a new thing in Norway. Slow TV is the term used to describe a marathon coverage of an event shown in real time. The concept is to show something at the rate it is actually experienced, as opposed to the speed with which a narrative drama is told. The genre was first popularized when NBC, that's the Norwegian Broadcasting Corporation, <laughs> broadcast a seven-hour train journey in real time in its entirety. Other shows include a flowing stream and six hours of a herd of sheep grazing. Slow TV also includes the Pip Show, which provides access to a small group of birds enjoying their time in a birdhouse staged like a coffee shop. Tommy? How many hours of your day are you going to be tuning in to watch slow TV? Uh, that birds one is right up my alley and I will be tuning in <laughs> for 24 straight hours. <laughs> that is going to be outstanding. Are birds um, pretty active at nighttime? No, but okay, uh, so I would say, go ahead and go to sleep. Then don't tune in for 24 <laughs> straight hours. You don't need to, they're not going to be doing anything. <laughs> where, I'm sorry. Where was that broadcasted? Because I have my birds here during my time. So when is that being broadcasted? Uh, where? Um, it's broadcast in Norway, which I think would probably put it, okay. what, like eight hours ahead of us? So that gives me some extra hours of birds. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm thinking I can fill up a, a good portion of my day, maybe sleep for, what, two, three hours, uh, and then fill up the rest of my time with uh, with birds. And I think that's going to be a, a great time. Let me also just say... Um, that I'm suing this very lucrative podcast for slander from last week. Um, <laughs> when, when the podcast started out by saying that Tommy loves Russia. Right. Um, it's not the first time we've said that. My only problem in my, in my lawsuit is that my lawyer is the one who actually said it. So I'm not really right, sure. That's how going I'm to gonna, be a challenge. I, yeah. That makes it a challenge. So, it is because uh, I am not allowed to be a witness and represent you <laughs> in the same case. It's kind yes. of basic ethic rules. So right. sorry about that, man. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I was going to take this 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 whole thing for everything it was worth. <laughs> so are you called the Red Sparrow because of your bird watching? I thought I thought it was a, a Russian spy thing. No, no. <laughs> All right, Tom. We promise to. Uh, include a retraction in the next episode. <laughs> I'm uh, sure, yes. That, that you're not on. Yes, <laughs> we'll retract yes. The, yeah. the Russian thing. Oh, I'll be listening for that, yes. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started. Our first segment will start at home, start with our tribe week cap. And this was a busy week for the Indians with a crazy ending. They ended up 3-3 three and three during the week, which isn't bad. But today's loss was a tough one to the Twins. They lost in 10 innings. And it really felt like when they came back in the ninth that they were going to take that game. And it's unfortunate to have to have lost that one to end the week. Their record for the season right now stands at 24 and 20. They're a game and a half behind the White Sox. Earlier in the week, they took two or three from the Angels. And during that series, we got to see plenty of Shohei Otani. Phil, what'd you think of him? 
he's really good at baseball in every way. His problem, he's, he's got to stay on the field. He, he gets hurt a lot so far in his career. But that guy is leading baseball in home runs. He put down a perfect bunt for a base hit to lead off an inning. Oh, and by the way, that was a game that he started as the pitcher. And after after being removed in the fifth inning, he trotted out to his position in the field like it was one of yeah. us in AAU or high school or something. Yeah, The, the guy is amazing. And I, I, I just hope he can stay healthy because I think we, we can really witness some greatness on the baseball field out of that guy. Yeah, he was fun to watch. I don't think he was very impressive in his start. They really should probably focus more on him just being an everyday player and keeping him healthy, extending him to too far with the the pitching and playing the field and and doing that whole thing again this isn't high school let's let's maybe focus on him just being an everyday player amazing hitter i mean my god that guy hits bombs he's amazing i mean a five tool player i mean amazing outfielder like phil said i mean laying the bunt down i mean the guy just does it all and he's i mean he's halfway up the line by the time he lays the bunt down i mean you're never gonna get him yeah he's he's unreal the angels have just been an underachieving team and they've always had to deal with these injuries and trout again now is another injury that they have to deal with every year you think okay this is going to be a really good team the problem is, is they don't put their their money into their pitching they have a good lineup every year you shouldn't be relying on you know Tony to be a, a pitcher you need to actually start putting some money into that you know the starting pitching and the bullpen I think that's their problem I think they'd probably be leaning towards using Otani as just an everyday player because he is such a ridiculous hitter but they can't because their staff is just garbage and they're not winning games unless he is a starter every fifth day it's cool to watch it's cool to see like i don't there's never been a player like this in our lifetimes and probably for the hundred years almost before that 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 was able to do both of these things at such a high level Mm. but in the end you just feel like it's going to be too much and that may contribute to him breaking down and that may limit the number of years you have him as a productive hitter and that would suck because that dude is scary at the plate another big prospect news the long wait for Owen Miller is finally over. <laughs> the tribe called up Owen Miller from AAA today to take Reyes' spot after he got hurt, which was really unfortunate because he was having another another good week and had been playing well for about a month now. Tom, what do you think about Owen Miller? Not a great debut. <laughs> um, struck out three times. Don't um, we already have like eight guys in the lineup yeah, that can do that? Yeah, uh, we already have guys that do that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on to the next prospect. It was unfortunate. You know, he had the family there. It would, it would have been nice. And he actually came up in a situation where he could have helped them win the game today. You know, it was unfortunate. He obviously had a very nice spring training. Um, he was somebody that was close maybe even to being with the, the ball club to start the season. Obviously, he's amped up. He wants to do yeah, something special. Yeah. Yeah. It's his first game. His family's there. Let's give him maybe a week. <laughs> we'll see what happens after that's that. generous tom yeah that's generous a whole i'll, week I'll, give, him, I'll give him a couple more games <laughs> so francona talks about owen miller the way he used to talk about lonnie chisenhall was he lying about lonnie or is he lying about owen oh god because lonnie he, chisenhall could yeah. not hit or is let's he just a liar hope, yeah let's hope <laughs> he was just lying about lonnie and he's right on the money about owen miller i, I think owen miller is going to get a lot of at bats he's going to i think reyes is out for six to eight weeks, something yeah. like that. So uh, I, I think Miller will get his at-bats, and if he is the hitter that Tito thinks he is, we'll we'll find out in, in the next, uh, I mean, what is that, at least a, a, a month to two months of games that he'll be in the lineup. Wow, you think Reyes is going to be out that long? I do. 
Yes, it didn't look good. For, for, for several reasons. It was reported as such. And okay, I didn't, I didn't see also, that. I didn't see the report. Like, I, I knew that they were... It was like an MRI this morning. Or <laughs> I did not. I did not yet. Maybe this week I'll see him. I don't know. But I, I did not. I did not. Well, that's a bummer. I didn't realize that the news had come out that he was going to be out that long. That's yep. um, that's a shame, man, because he really was having the season that we had hoped he would in the spring. And to lose him for two months of the season, then have to get him like worked back. I mean, that's basically a dude who's done for the year, maybe. And to have him behind Jose. I mean, you need somebody yeah. behind yeah. Jose. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, on that really exciting note, <laughs> Tommy, who had a good week for the tribe? I think Hedge has um, actually been a very good catcher for us. Wrong. I know. I get it. <laughs> I get it. He hasn't been hitting. He's been playing great defense, though. Okay. Um, and we've needed that. Yeah, um, for sure. As you've seen today, our defense is awful. Uh, but he has actually been doing a very good job behind the plate and has made some very good defensive plays. And the only reason I go with that is just I, I think that we were a little concerned after, you know, Robbie went down. Yeah. Is how, you know, how this, you know, pitching staff is going to be handled. And I think he's done a great job. He did actually have a couple of hits. I was hoping he was going to maybe follow that up today. With a, You know, yeah. he, had a, he, had, he went two for three the other day. So I was hoping he was going to maybe follow that up and show that maybe he's going to provide some offense. He's you know, probably not. But he's defensively, he's done very well. And actually, if I could very quickly just say, Cesar Hernandez is starting to get the stick going. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy with that. How fun is that, man? Yes. How fun is it to see that uh, guy hit, man? That home run yesterday obviously was huge. Yeah. But he's, he's batting, I think, in the last 15 games, he's batting almost 300. So that's, yeah. that's good to see. That's really important for that lineup. Uh, Phil, what do you think? Coming into today's game, I had a dead heat between two guys as to who was having a good week. Bigger Beard Rosario and Karen Check. So who won Rosario <laughs> came out ahead in this race yeah. by far. And I'll, I'll circle back to Karen check though. Uh, bigger beard Rosario started the week batting 212 and ended the week almost hitting 250. He, he raised his yeah. batting average like yeah. 36 400 this points. week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they, they moved him into the two hole. And if he can continue to hit, that's a good spot for him. And mm -hmm. it gives us an everyday shortstop. So we don't have to start keep platooning uh, in the middle of the infield either. Karen check coming into today had given up no hits all week in three yeah. appearances came in today for his fourth appearance and only gave up one hit. It just happened to be a three run home run. Yeah, a really <laughs> long one. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, I, I think I'll give it to Rosario. He, he had a good week. And if that guy can hit out of the two hole and to Burke's point, if Hernandez is starting to hit lead off, that's, that's a good top of the order. And that's what we need going forward. I had Karen check too, and took him out after today's game. That didn't seem right. Um, his ERA was 0.4. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, listen, this, he's, you know, he's had he's an awesome ridiculous. season. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about him a little bit more in a little bit, but okay. today was just a rough day for him. The Indians had a hit in every game this week. That's mm. always a big deal for this. Team. All right. No, no, no hitters. <laughs> um, and then just kind of keeping with what I think will be a theme repeatedly throughout the show. Brian Shaw is still old and he's still really good because <laughs> uh, he still had, he had another great week, man. It's just such a solid presence to have in a young bullpen. I thought he had, he had another good week. Can right. I also just say that Whitgren has been very good lately, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you can pick almost anybody out of that bullpen. Yeah. Almost everybody is pitching well and they have their rough moments. They have their rough outings, but they always seem to bounce back a little bit. I mean, the bullpen's really impressive. Tom Hamilton told me today that, um, our bullpen is the second best bullpen in all of major league baseball. Yeah. And I believe yeah. him. Yeah. So there we go. On the radio, or were you just sitting with him? So no, I was afterwards. He came over to help me plant the garden. Oh, cool! <laughs> God, yeah. man. That's so cool. That's so great. 
Phil, who had a bad week for the tribe? I can danko all over this and go with Tristan yeah. uh, McKenzie. He was not having a good few weeks, and he came into this start this week thinking, all right, let, let's get a good start out of yep. him, get six or seven innings, and you know, keep keep him in the game. And he was the beginning half of the worst inning I've, I think I've seen in a while for the yeah. tribe. Uh, so I'm going to go with McKenzie followed closely by uh, Mayton because he gave up a four, four or five runs in that same inning, uh, having retired one batter. Uh, and McKenzie then got sent down to the, the minors. So not a good week for him at all. I'm going to go with Miller. Horrible week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he had a rough game today, but he'll be all right. Um, I thought you were talking about Miller. I'm like, what did you hear? Yeah. Him too. Fill us in. My guess is he had a horrible week. Uh, no, I uh, I actually had McKenzie on my my list too. It was just a horrible start, and just obviously he he got sent down. But I also had another thought in that it was Brian Reyes because yeah. we had a great thing going there. And, yeah. you know, and then he, he had that horrible injury there and it looks awful. And it's probably, you know, like, like Phil said, might be close to two months that he's out. So it wasn't that he wasn't playing well, but it's right. an awful, awful week for oh, the yeah. tribe that he's out of there. Sam Hench's ERA last week was 34.2, which is about 32 earned runs a game higher than you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> so with that week cap of the tribe, Let's also just take a broader look at the season. We're 44 games in, which means we're just over a quarter of the season done. Taking a look at the division, the White Sox are still on top. They're a game and a half ahead. Their run differential right now is plus 64, which is massive at this time of year. That's huge. The Indians, I think, are after today, they're probably like minus four. They were in the positive until, until this weekend. KC is a couple games behind the tribe. They're hovering right below 500. Detroit and Minnesota are kind of stuck at the bottom and maybe making a little bit of noise of late, but pretty slow starts for them. Tom, where do you see the division when we get through the next quarter of the season and we get to the midway point? I think the White Sox are kind of going to stay where they're at. The tribe, I'm a little concerned. Obviously, you know, with Fran Mill going down, I think we've been kind of sliding by. We've been we've been getting away with things because of our bullpen and with the lack of offense. Uh, we were always concerned about the offense, but somehow we you know we've been kind of hanging in there and putting runs on the board and and getting away with it. I don't know how long that's going to keep going, and you know, and then we're going to be relying on this pitching staff. And I'm also a little concerned about the fact that the starting pitching, including Bieber, Bieber has not been sharp. That's a concern. You know, hopefully he can obviously turn that around, but it just doesn't seem like he's been as sharp in the last probably three outings. Let's hope that we can just keep hanging in there, you know, going forward. Are these other teams going to pitch to Jose? I would pitch around him. Why Why throw him anything? I. Why was he being thrown a 90-mile-an-hour fastball river plate today when he hit yeah. the home run? I didn't understand that. Teams are going to realize we don't need to pitch to him. You know, we'll see what happens. Um you know, unfortunately, I think the offense is going to have a real hard time. And I think the tribe may slip a little. And I'm hoping not. Let's hope, let's hope we yeah. figure it out. But I, I don't see much. You know, Minnesota has been dealing with so many injuries that I think they're kind of going to stay where they're at, too. I, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't see uh, much coming from them. KC's nothing that I, I don't see a whole lot come from them either. So I think maybe we can still stay in that second spot and hopefully kind of hang on. And hopefully within the next few weeks, we can kind of see where this lineup's going to be with guys like Miller and things like that. Maybe, you know, maybe he surprises us and is better than his one game today. Yeah, um, maybe. 
maybe you know, and then we can figure you know figure some things out and kind of at least hang on and stay close the next quarter of the season is going to be rough without Fran Mill in the middle of that lineup so we're about to find out if Hernandez and bigger beard Rosario are starting to pick it up a bit does that offset what we've gotten to this point in the middle of the lineup right so we might have a stronger top of the lineup uh we still have to protect Jose Ramirez in, in at 3 and it would be really good if Eddie Rosario could be a right. four or five hitter right. like like he's supposed to be. And, and maybe we'll see that. I mean, maybe we'll see that in the next quarter of the season. That would be fantastic because that would give him uh, that would give Ramirez some protection there where we need it. I'm a little concerned about the starting pitching. That's supposed to be our strength and it, it's looked shaky. We'll see how it goes uh, over the next quarter of the season. But I also think we're we're going to be squarely in that second spot behind the White Sox. The question will become how many games separate the two of us? Can we stay within two games, you know, yeah. like we are now, or does that gap start to widen? The White Sox lineup is is stacked. I, I think their biggest downfall might be their manager, and maybe that helps us uh, in that Tony La Russa has no idea what's going on yeah. in today's game. Yeah. And then maybe the tribe can stay close and Tito is the best manager in the division. So let's see what we can get out of this team. If we can get to the halfway point and still be within striking distance of first place. I feel like we'll still be within striking distance. It might be, it might be five games, something mm -hmm. like that. It might not be two. I don't think anybody else in the division is really making a move. And we just got to kind of tread water until guys like Roberto and, and, and Reyes, can get back in the lineup it should work out okay if some of these guys pick up the hitting a little bit but with that look at the division let's move on and talk about my feelings uh, i'm feeling scared about shane bieber so phil in his last four starts he's averaging only about 5.1 innings a start uh, giving up eight hits allowing almost three earned runs his two starts last week his era was over five uh, should i be scared or not a little bit only because we're Cleveland fans, right? So maybe what we'll see here is this is Bieber's downtime. This is this is the worst part of the season. And he's still getting through with wins in games that like, oh, wow, how did he get a win out of that? Or right. no decisions or what have you. He's leading baseball in strikeouts still. So if he gets his stuff together going forward, we'll be fine. I be a little frightened, not so scared. <laughs> can I throw can I throw one other thing out at you? Those sure. those four starts with those numbers are all of his starts after Roberto Perez went on mm -hmm. injured list. Yeah, that's that's a good and, and point. Is that yeah. is that is that really important or well sure, I think is, is he just in kind of a slump right now which is going to happen over the course of a season and like he'll figure it out and he'll get his stuff back and he'll be fine. I don't know. I, I think it's important. I I think your your starting catcher and and Perez is a guy that we have never once commented on his the defensive side of the game, right? His defense is solid and the way he calls yep. a game and the way he controls yep. a game is top notch. So yeah, that, that could be part of the problem. I, I think, you know, Bieber though, if he, if he's the Cy Young award winner that he clearly is supposed to be, he gets through this and he'll start dominating again in the next couple starts. Tommy, I'm feeling confused. I thought class a was our closer. <laughs> and then this week, Karen check came in, uh, he saved two games. He won the game Saturday night in extra innings. And he, of course, he had a rough day today. But beyond that, is that position still up for grabs for this team? I don't think Francona came into it knowing who his closer was. I, I don't think he ever did. I think it was always going to be kind of by committee and figure out on a given day what, like, 
how he felt about, you know, the certain pitchers and, and where he wanted to bring them out. I, I don't think he ever thought class a was definitely his, his closer or Karen was. And, and at this point, I still don't think he, he knows class A's had a, a rough couple of weeks. He, I haven't seen the movement on his pitch. Like I was loving at the beginning. Right. Right. Um, where he's throwing 102 miles an hour and it is cutting down. He's been throwing the ball way too straight and flat. I'm not sure what changed. Hopefully they can figure out what's changed because that pitch was ridiculous and unhittable. I actually prefer Karinchek in the setup role. He's been pretty darn good. At, you know, today, obviously, it was it, it stunk that he gave up the three run home run. But um, for the most part, I mean, he's been ridiculous. Uh, his curveball is unhittable when it's on. And obviously, he has a great fastball. If he's on, yeah, he could be your closer. But I, I would much rather have him in the eighth and have Classe finishing it out if he's got that cut fastball going at 102 miles an hour. Yeah, that's my closer. But you know, it, unfortunately, it's like you know, it looked like it was shaping up. It, we knew exactly what we had, and it was Karen Check, you know, setting it up and Classe closing it. But then. You know, Class A kind of has stumbled a little bit, so we got to kind of see where that goes. Um, I, I don't think anything is is set at this point. Yeah, I knew going into the start of the regular season that it wasn't set yet, but then after the first month, you know, the first three weeks or so, Class A was so good, and Karen Check was so good in the setup role that I thought, okay, this is going to be set, and this is what it's going to be for the year. And I know Class A has struggled, but he hasn't been that bad. No, he hasn't been bad yeah. enough to lose. The closer job if it was ever his right but this is more just it's francona's thing man this is what he does he he wants to play everybody everywhere we still mm-hmm. don't know who our center fielder is we thought it was going to be uh the new ramirez and today it was luplo starting out there and right. ramirez was in right and just francona wants to play everybody at every possible position and if i have a complaint about his managing that that's part of it like come on just Put a guy in the spot yeah. and just let yeah. him play there. But I'm not going to look at a lineup on a given day and know exactly where somebody's going to be. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, Phil. Last one. I'm feeling like help is not on the way for our offense. We've talked some on the show about keeping some of these younger guys who are hit well in spring training in the minors because of the service time issue. So I actually looked this up today to figure out how that works. And the way it works is you do not get a full year of service if you are with the club for less than 172 of 187 days in the season. You only have to be kept in the minors for 16 days during the course of the season. So it's the first two weeks of the year, basically, is it? There's only 133 days left in the year now. And so there's no reason for service time to be an issue on keeping any of these younger guys down. They've got other problems. As far as outfield help in AAA, Daniel Johnson, Brad Zimmer, Oscar Mercado, all are playing terrible right now. In the infield, if they wanted to bring up some help, Bobby Bradley hitting 200, Nolan Jones hitting 173. So again, like we said with Owen Miller striking out three times today, we've already got guys who can put up these types of numbers in the major leagues. I don't think there's any need to go looking for any pitching help right now feels like we can still plug in even with some of the guys who've gone up and down we can still plug people into those spots when we need them am i right to feel that help is not on the way none of those guys that you mentioned are, are going to come up and start hitting at the big leagues you would think anyway based on what you're what you're saying i i think you mentioned mercado and zimmer they have a fair amount of big league experience and they're struggling at triple a yeah that's a problem you know here we are watching baseball in a day and age too where 
the offense isn't the same. The guys, if, if you can get someone up there that, that hits 250, that's really good at this stage because of the way the game is going. Everything from launch angle and all this other thing, there's a ton of strikeouts and your averages yeah. are just going to go down. Uh, That's so, a whole separate topic. It is. It is. I mean, it really and, is a lot to talk about. And I don't, I don't mean to take us off track to that, but I, no, no. I think, I think with do whatever our, you want, Phil. Well, all right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think with our current roster, to kind of go off of what you guys were just talking about with our closer, I think at some point, like, all right, plug these guys into positions and let them get comfortable in that position in both the field and in the lineup. We've got a ton of guys on our team that are struggling to hit over 200 and some of them, some are starting to creep up a little bit. So, all right, let's let these guys keep hitting and figure out who your one, two, three, four, five hole hitters are. And then you put your Luplos and your Bowers, if they've got to play on any given day after that. I can't imagine, you know, unless someone gets hurt, they're, they're not going to call up a Bobby Bradley who's hitting 200 and striking out right. three out of four times. Right. I agree. It's not that I, great a stick. No, no he, he's got He's got a huge, he's got a huge <laughs> stick and he's not showing it. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, Hey, thanks for taking a, a long time tonight to talk about the Indians. I felt like there was a lot going on, especially with where we are in the season and being able to look back a little bit on where they've come since opening day. But why don't we go ahead and take our first break, come back, head out on the road. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Tammy, I'm getting really sick of something. Ugh, what's that? The kids? No, well, maybe a little. But really, I'm getting sick and tired of all this hair right on the top of my head. It's everywhere up there, and it's really bugging me. Jason, I think I know what you need. You do? What? You need Just for Danko Miracle Hair Remover. What? A hair remover? How does that work? It's easy. Rub Just for Danko Miracle Hair Remover on the top of your head and watch your hair disappear. Holy cow. A product like that must be really expensive. Huh, you would think, but you would be wrong. For less than the cost of two haircuts, you can be really bald every day. Should I try it? Hells yeah, baby. Other than your face, your body, and your height, Just for Denko Miracle Hair Remover will have you looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in no time. Just for Denko Miracle Hair Remover for men. Sick of hair? Grab some Denko. Welcome back, fellas, to segment two. We'll head out on the road this weekend. The middle child of major golf was played. The PGA Championship was played at Kiowa Island Golf Resort. It was played on the ocean course. Absolutely stunning golf course, but 100% unforgiving. Even small mistakes were turning into double bogeys. You had pro golfers making shots like I would make when I go out to play. And today, the course and the conditions just wailed on everybody who played the the top three guys at the end were all over par. And that was most of the leaderboard throughout the day, just not being able to get it under par. There are two schools of thought, in my opinion, about watching professional golf in situations like that. I think some people like to see the pros look like regular guys and go out there and struggle and not be able to keep shots on the green, be spraying the ball all over the place off the tee. And then there's another group that says, nope, I want the conditions to be static in some respects so that I can see great players make great shots and you can see their talent really come out. So, Phil, where do you fall on those two schools? The latter, I I think, if I had to choose. I I don't want to tune into a professional golf tournament and watch guys 
hit the ball like we hit the ball in the Kozar Cup. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, no, I want to see the the best golfers in the world make amazing shots. That that said, I, I think you have to understand, and I am a casual golf fan at best. You have to understand that watching certain tournaments in the elements, be it the British Open or the PGA when they play the ocean course, because it's as windy as the British Open, yeah. you know. You're watching the best golfers in the world still make incredible shots given the conditions they're playing in. So, and, and that's okay. I mean, that's that's all right with me. I, I like the I like watching the guys kind of grip it a little harder. And all right, this is frustrating, and see how, who comes out on top. I enjoyed it the way it was today. I thought it was very entertaining. Yeah, there's guys sometimes hitting the ball in the water. What's been great, especially like, you know, throughout the whole COVID thing, but even today with the big crowd there, you could listen to the guys talking to their caddies and they're, they're you know, they're pulling out the club and, and, and listening to Mickelson say, okay, so take 10 yards off this club, this and that. And then, you know, and then he's going to swing and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, normally I just, uh, I'm saying, okay, what, what is my yardage? And uh, this is normally the club I use. And then I just have. And, you know, these guys, <laughs> these guys are like, OK, so this club take 10 yards off, do this, this and that. It's it's unreal. Are there some bad shots? Sure. At one point, you know, Phil hits a ball back of the green. Um, I think it might have been on 16 or 17 into the tall grass and then he, you know he's hitting out of that tall grass 17. out of the back yeah. yes you know and they're actually like you know what that's not a not a bad spot to be in like really because i'd have i'd have had seven hacks out of that stuff yeah and i wouldn't have gotten <laughs> anywhere near it. or i would have hit it across the water oh yeah absolutely yeah. that yeah. ball is getting yeah. hit into oh the water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah meanwhile he just put you know he puts it onto the green they're like oh perfect that's great that's awesome and then he yeah puts it, you know he's done yeah it's unreal to watch these guys, um, especially Phil, um, the way he did it today. Um, the guy is just a wizard, man. He's unreal, um, especially with his his wedges and everything else. I mean, the guy, is, his short game's unreal. I like it better the way it was today, too. I just think it's so much fun to watch these guys try to figure it out and to know that when they have a bad swing, it's barely a bad swing in real life. But in those conditions, that tiniest, tiniest mistake can cost them two strokes. And you saw it a lot, especially with Kepka on the back nine at the beginning. He just couldn't find it. He kept leaving the ball in spots where there's no way he can make par from here. Yeah. And he's lucky if he makes a bogey. And that doesn't happen a whole lot in these tournaments. And so I thought it just added a little bit of intensity to the entire thing. The clock started turning back on the PGA on Saturday when our boy Phil Mickelson and part-time leprechaun Louis Oosthuizen were tied for the lead. <laughs> By the time Saturday ended, uh, Oosthuizen had fallen a couple shots back. Kepko was in second, so that final pairing of Mickelson and Kepko went off this afternoon. Uh, they traded shots on the first three holes like I've never seen in a golf tournament. You know, Phil had a bogey. Then on the next hole, he had a birdie, and Kepka had a bogey, and it just kept going back and forth like that at the beginning, which was pretty entertaining. Phil hit that bunker shot for a birdie on four. And that's when you started to feel like, okay, maybe this is this guy's day. He makes the birdie on 10 and Kepka misses a short putt. And that's when you say, okay, I, I really think Phil has it. But I'll tell you what, it felt like he had to hold on for dear life through the rest of the round. And I don't think it was certain until he put his second shot on the green on 18. And then you said, okay, there's almost no way he can F it up from here. Um, <laughs> right. That was, I thought, really exciting and really fun. Tommy, scale of one to five. One being riding a coin-operated horse outside the grocery store. 
five being a ride on Medina Spirit after some juice. How much fun did you have watching golf this afternoon? I'm not sure on the scale because both of those sound really good. So I guess I'm going to go with a five. Riding Medina Spirit's way better than that ride. Yes. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, those those things can be pretty fun outside of the Walmart, uh, you know, and, and the horses going around, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Anyways, no, I'll go with the Medina Spirit, and we're going to pronounce it correctly, Medina. Yeah. Funky Cole. Funky yep. Cole Medina. Yep. That that was a lot of fun to watch today. Um, Kepka found a lot of sand in, in, in his yep. back nine. <laughs> the craziest thing to me, too, was just watching where Kepka drills uh, a, uh, a driver, nutted it right down, you know, the middle and then phil fouls that up it's the longest drive of the week 366 yards something like that longest drive of the week on that hole i mean that's just unreal this is a guy you know obviously 50 years old could be the oldest one to win the uh, the major and it felt good for me just the fact that he's the same age as me <laughs> uh just just oh, you know man. yeah <laughs> You're maybe aging just, really maybe fast. Maybe that's just how you I gotta, feel. You got a lot it, it older just, in the weeks yeah, you weren't here. <laughs> yeah, might might just be how I feel. I'm not sure. I mean, my God, put it out there, and I mean, he made um, you know, unbelievable shots, and you, you could just see him too with every shot, just taking those deep breaths. Like you, you could tell yeah. he was so worked up, but he Man, was. Keeping, I think keeping in control. Yeah, and I think that's harder than you might think, unless you've played a lot of golf or you're you're an educated fan like for him to be keeping it together mentally and emotionally through the ups and downs of that course on a day like today where he had no business being there that's Mm -hmm. that that's pretty impressive i love just the thumbs up too. the constant thumbs up to the crowd was great i thought you know like his his logo is like that picture of him like jumping up after winning the masters i'm wondering if he's going to change it to the thumbs up now now, right (laughs) phil your name is phil it is just like Phil Mickelson's. <laughs> yeah. Where does this rank among successes by people named Phil? It's it's up there, I guess, somewhere slightly below Greek rulers and perhaps Roman rulers. I'm not sure. I have to look into this name named Philip. There was like a Philip the second, and you know those kind of things. Those hacks. Yeah, yeah but again, who knows? Who knows? Uh, they they may have had a terrible run at it. <laughs> so let, let's put Phil Mickelson's. Golf? Yeah, let's put Phil Mickelson's uh, sixth major, right? His sixth major wins. Yep. His fifty year old setting the record for oldest major champion. Pretty high up there. Maybe number one. I, I can't think of a better Phil moment uh, off the top of my head. And I've All lived right. every Phil moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious comparison is Nicholas winning the Masters when he's 46. Does this win today stack up to that one? I think it does. Nobody had Phil in this whatsoever. He was a 300 to 1 to win this thing. Obviously, I don't know what the odds were for Jack back in, you know, <laughs> for that. And no clue. I'm not Biff with the, uh, you know, the old book uh, looking it up. He got in on an, an exemption. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be there. And, you know, 300 to 1, and then he goes out there and basically just made everybody look silly. He just he, he just played the course. He's got every shot that you could possibly have. And he's driving the ball. I couldn't believe the way he's driving the ball. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, hitting the ball 366. I didn't know he could still do that. I had no idea yeah. that he could still hit a ball like that. I knew he could still crush the ball, but not like that. Um, and he had his putter going all weekend. And I love that he's got the old school, just, you know, the old school putters never gone away from it. And it's just, it's fun to watch, man. The guy is just he, amazing with the way he can go out there and still do it. This was cool. I appreciate Mickelson 
making a strike for the old guys out there. Last time I checked, I'm nowhere near as old as him. I've still got almost a half a decade, I think, to go before I get to 50. Uh, Since I said that earlier, I've actually passed him up. I'm actually 52. <laughs> That's, this is going to be funny later in the show. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> I promise you. Hold this. Hold this thought because it's going to be funny. Uh, but congratulations to Phil Mickelson for winning today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Phil for the massive amount of entertainment you provided me throughout the day. It was great. You're welcome. Um, Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) You, you were, you were hilarious in text messages today, Dinko. Um, Moving on from golf. Let's talk some NBA playoffs for everything that we said about the NBA play in. I actually really loved it. Last week, the Lakers had their game against the Warriors. It was fantastic. LeBron hit a shot from the logo to put the Lakers ahead. And you had this great series that came after he hit the shot where the Lakers were doubling Steph to keep him the only one on the Warriors who could beat him at that point. And they were doubling him with Anthony Davis, which is just a hilarious thing to like watch happen, but it was great. Uh, And then the Warriors turned right around and they played on Friday night on the the losers bracket, I guess, of the play-in tournament. I don't know what they call it. They played this game against Memphis. John Morant is so much fun to watch. Yeah. And that game that the the Grizzlies and the Warriors played on Friday night was absolutely outstanding. It just felt like Steph didn't have enough in the tank to carry them to another win. But I had a lot of fun. Uh, the NBA proved me wrong. Adam Silver's smart. I'm not. He knows better <laughs> than I do. I'm all in for the play-in next year. Tommy, are you in? Uh, sure. Why not? Um, can't say that I watched any of that. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize that I'm not an NBA guy. I just, I can't get into it, but I would agree with you that John Morant is a, an amazing athlete and a fun, fun guy to watch guys like that will keep people interested, keep people, you know, watching. And when you have those playing games, you know, that's going to get people watching. Like I said, just having guys like that, that are just amazing athletes and just they just play the game the right way he's he's aggressive he's kind of you know we've talked about westbrook he's kind of kind of in that same mold yeah just aggressive taking it to the hole hard as he Um, can every play the way yeah it just kind of reminds me of that and then so i so i like that i like that kind of player i mean he's fun to watch he'll be he'll be fun to watch for many years to come phil what do you think you in on the play-in yeah i guess i'm in um for a couple of reasons. I, as a Cavs fan, that might be our only opportunity to eke into the playoffs <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> Can we get the 10 seed? So th- that's part of it. Uh, and the other part, I guess, having watched some of the playing games this past week, it's genius on the part of the NBA because this year you had the marketing of the LA Lakers on one side and the Boston Celtics on the other side. Both of those teams won and cemented their spot as the seven seed, I think, in in either tournament. But it's allowing teams that struggle through the season because of injury that we all know are probably some of the better teams in the NBA to work their way back into the playoff. And and that's okay. I I don't know that either the Lakers or the Celtics will get through the first round. I I think the Lakers are probably favorite, even though they're a seven, two and the Celtics probably are not, but you know, these are franchises that they have good players. They have some of the best players in the NBA on them. And they, they have some tough injuries through the year and all right, it lets them in. It's, I don't think it's going back because it's, it's just more excitement before the playoffs even begin. And the playoffs aren't that exciting until you get to the end of the seven game series in, in each round. We admit that we were wrong. The plane was a lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit about the actual playoffs, which started yesterday and have continued today. In the East, the Nets are just a weird team. 
And I'm not sure I buy whether they can go all the way, but do either of you guys think there's a chance that that team that hasn't played very much together this year because they're brand new and because they've had a bunch of injuries, is there any chance that team stumbles and loses their first round series against the Celtics? I could see it happening. Um, You have a guy like Tatum who can actually take over a series. That's your only shot. Um, Obviously, you got the big three with the Nets, you know, so, you know, Tatum's a big time player. Um, and they, you know they got they got good role players on Boston. They're tough guys that can play. Marcus Smart's another you know tough player. So I mean I think they'll give them a series. I, I think they'll make it at least interesting. You know hell even the Cavs beat the Nets twice this year. So uh, you know who knows? Yeah, I still say the Nets. You know obviously win that series. But with a guy like Tatum, you can't roll them out. The Nets are up one nothing, I believe, right? Yeah. In that series. Yep. Mm-hmm. I watched that game actually because I decided that. You're committed. I'm, I'm You're committed, committed to, to watching two, two NBA, quarters yeah, yeah. a week. It's not even that hard. Ah, oh, it oh, is. Oh, that's though. right. It, it wow, really yeah. is. So I watched that game, and this is my takeaway from that game. The Nets looked terrible for yeah. 90% of that game. Terrible. <laughs> but they have the three best won. players on the court <laughs> at any given time, and they win the game. And and I like Jason Tatum. I, I think he's phenomenal. Like that that guy is a, a solid player, but he's one guy. And the Nets have three of the best players in basketball. And I think some stat came up during the game that they've only played together eight times this year. Eight times. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Wow. And what was interesting is when they would sit one of the three uh, toward the end of the game is when they would make their best runs. So it was kind of like, okay, give a guy a break and the other two will take over during that time and then swap someone out. So I don't think the Celtics can win the series as bad as the Nets played and still won the game. I think we're going to see more of that. And then maybe later in the playoffs, the Nets run into a team that is actually solid and has some depth and some talent beyond just one or two players and they stumble because they just haven't played together much. I think the Celtics are in trouble. I I don't see this Nets team losing in the first round, and I watched some of the game on Saturday night as well. It's fun to be reminded what an amazing finisher Kyrie still is. Oh, yeah. Um, that was he was so amazing with the Cavs and their finals runs they made he still has it man it's not as good as he was but he's still he's still pretty great uh moving into the west the Suns won 51 games this year and their reward for doing that was getting stuck with the Lakers (laughs) in the first round is there a more important factor in the Western Conference playoffs than the Lakers being 100% healthy no absolutely not if if they're 100% healthy it's over it doesn't matter. I mean, you got LeBron, obviously, you got Davis. They got, you know, playing around them to be just fine. I can't even name a player on the Suns, so uh, I'm not really sure what they have Chris going Paul on there. Chris Paul plays for them. Oh, he's, that's right. Okay. He's in those Booker. insurance commercials Don't, you love so much. <laughs> Booker is one of the best players in the league, and no one talks yeah. about him. Booker yeah. is yeah. very, you know, yeah. Booker is a very good player. You're right. Um, but I don't see it still. It's it's still it's it's LeBron and Davis together. If they're healthy, you're done. You're not yeah. you're not you're not beating them. So I still think that LeBron and Davis, they they can still lose throughout this process. I don't think it's gonna happen. Just not sons. now. Yeah. yeah. I actually question whether or not LeBron and Davis are healthy. They got beat handedly today. Watching that play in game, the Lakers and the Warriors. Have I- you examined them? I, I have not. I have not. No. This is purely observational. I, okay. I have not physically examined any of the LA Lakers. <laughs> Amazingly, they don't contract through my employer. What? Uh, but, yeah. but 
I, I was watching that game and I, I think Davis is, is fairly healthy. He looks, he looks pretty good. Uh, LeBron does not. He, he, something yeah. is off with LeBron. He's probably playing hurt and good for him. Cause we wouldn't expect any less. Right. But I think that ankle's bothering him more than he's let on more than the Lakers will let on. It certainly looked like it in the Warriors game. And I didn't watch any of today's game, but I saw the final score and I was watching the score as it was going on. And I don't know, the Suns are up one, nothing. And if, if LeBron's not healthy, I could see this series going to the Suns. Yeah. It's tough to say. I, he has had injuries. Like we haven't normally seen him deal with this year. It's not insignificant that the off season was so short, you know, that they finished playing games like, like October and they started again in December. And he's got so many miles on his body by now that it wouldn't surprise me if he's, if he's banged up and slowed down a little bit. And maybe I'm just the bias of seeing the way he's played for so many years. I still say even down one, nothing, I'm putting my money on the Lakers in this series. All they got to do is take one in Phoenix and they're healthy, right? If they're healthy, I I see the Lakers winning. Yeah. I just, I'm not going to bet against LeBron. I don't think. No, how could you? Um, Even if he looked bad today, I mean, you remember like the 2016 series, the Cavs and the Warriors, every game was a blowout one way or another until like game six and seven or something like that. Yeah. And so, okay. So they got beat today, come back. And and if they win by 10 Saturday, whenever they play game two, (laughs) um, well, (laughs) you know, they'll be fine. So I, for right now, I still think the Lakers would be the favorite. If LeBron's hurt, it's it's going to be a problem for them for sure, especially even if they get out of the first. If he's hurt, if he's not healthy, they're not getting by the Clippers or Utah, you know, to to keep going in the playoffs. So, Tom, by the way, you're now committed to watching two fourth quarters a week, a week. of NBA basketball. It's yeah. a lot. Quarters a week. It's oh. nothing. Oh, it sounds like nothing until you've tried it. Can I commit to the last two minutes of every game? Or no, two games you, we've already decided on the fourth quarter. All right, fellas. With that, we'll close the book on the NBA playoffs until next week and uh, take our final <laughs> break and head off the field. This week's episode of Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by Soup. Warm, delicious, and perfect on a cold day or evening. Soup is the soft, wet meal in a bowl that says you are either a small child or moving past the center line of middle age. Like warm tea, but with chunks. Soup is that easy-to-digest and hydrating meal that you probably never thought about eating in your 20s and 30s, but sounds like a great treat as 40 starts to enter the rear-view mirror. Is it Friday night? Great! Grab your sweats, a knit blanket, and turn on your favorite sitcom about being a parent. But... Don't forget your soup. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field, and nothing says 1996 more than the Wallflowers. The Wallflowers are coming out with their first new album in about 10 years. It's called Exit Wounds, and it comes out in July. There's a couple songs that have been pre-released. You can stream them on Spotify. Stat line for the Wallflowers. The band has been around in one shape or form or another since 1989. Their debut album was in 92. The biggest album, of course, was in 1996 called Bringing Down the Horse, which is probably a typo that nobody caught in time. Nothing? Nothing? Oh, come on. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. Is this how you spell house? No. (laughs) Damn it. We already printed the CDs. Just go with it. We're stuck. 
The Wallflowers won two Grammys, both for One Headlight. And One Headlight is also the number 58 song on Rolling Stone's top 100 pop songs of all time. The lead singer of the Wallflowers is, of course, Jacob Dylan, who is famously the son of Sarah Nozinski. <laughs> well done, sir. Who gets yeah. who gets no credit? Who gets yeah. no credit? Yeah, nobody ever hears about her. She should get yeah. all the credit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, Phil. Yeah. Are the Wallflowers a one-hit wonder? No, no. The Wallflowers bringing down the horse, as you mentioned, that's actually a good album more than just one headlight that that's a good album there, there's 50 percent of that album are good songs <laughs> maybe name, more maybe name, more. name one other song on that album uh my marlena my marlena i believe i uh, believe close yes, yes close one close. two three marlena one two yeah. hey hey it's, 1996 was a long time ago <laughs> and i am not prepared for this i, I think actually I like that, that better than uh yeah i like that better actually than uh, yeah. one headlight so you I, think uh, that's their one hit instead of one headlight no, I, I'm I not saying that. I'm just saying I like it better than one. I just don't think they're a one hit wonder. I, I think um, they're a good band. I I have a couple of their songs on the playlist I play with my boys and they're little and they like one head like the best, of course. Yeah, well, that's a really <laughs> great a good song. song. Yeah. yeah, right. But I've listened to some of their newer stuff, too. And they're a good band. It, it contradicting what I just said, because everyone's going to go back to one headlight. Right. That was their. Yep. That yep. was their top top tier everyone's listening to it it's on the radio all the time in a time mm. where radio was still important and yeah since then i'm interested to see how this new album comes out though i've listened to some of their their sneak peek so to speak and I, I think they're pretty good songs yeah it's not bad what do you think tom one hit wonder or no no i guess not one hit wonder i mean it's not you know they're nothing outstanding i mean you know they had again they're they're known for one headlight we'll see how this this album goes i i haven't listen to any of it so i'll see how that goes and then we'll decide whether they're one hit wonder but i do oh. i did like actually one two three Marley. yeah i did like yeah. this one so but whether you consider that a hit that's see that's the thing how you define the hit is it how many downloads how you know whatever i don't know how you decide how that works because how many vmas you want <laughs> yeah or how many vmas zero. i don't know zero, zero. <laughs> yeah i'm just wondering how we decide what becomes a hit you know you know how you have like the one hit wonder of course you have the the many one hit wonders of the past years where it's you know but that's that song you know for many many years how many and songs I, have they had besides well i would say like, that you guys are largely bucking the trend of how the wallflowers are viewed if you read things online and stuff like that you look back at this stuff most people are going to say that's a one hit wonder and i think it's largely because one headlight was so huge that okay. it overshadowed everything. And they've come out with probably five albums since then, none really? of which, you know, made any noise at all. I agree with you guys that they're not a one hit wonder because I actually do think more than half of bringing down the horse, which is good. Um, bringing down the horse is an absolutely terrible album name, <laughs> but I was really counting on you guys. One of you, at least saying that they were a one hit wonder. Oh. Because my next question is, are they the best one hit wonder of the nineties? Because One Headlight is not really a one-hit wonder kind of pop song. It's actually like a really good rock and roll song. So here are some of the, your other options for one-hit wonders in the 90s. Thank God, because uh, I couldn't yeah, remember yeah. <laughs> Thank God we're getting options. <laughs> yeah. Extreme. I started to panic. More than words? <laughs> More, yeah, okay. It, it beats that, yes. Okay. 
tag team. Whoop, there it is. Also better than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Burke is hesitating. He really likes Whoop, there it is. No, but no. a tag team, I just think of a commercial now. That's he likes, what, he yeah, likes yeah. the ice cream commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rednecks, that's R E D N E X, had a famous song called Cotton Eyed Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that one? That yes, I do remember that. Many I do remember that. All right, this is where it's going to start getting tough. Oh boy! Um, All right. Because during the '90s, "Life Is a Highway" by Tom Cochran came out, mm. <laughs> and that is still a fantastic rock and roll song. It became huge in that Cars movie too, so that was uh, that was big there. Yeah, um, but no, I'm still going with uh, one headlight. Phil, one headlight. Oh, I, that, really? that, yeah, it, yeah that's I think a good, that's the one that would have lost life, for me. Life is a highway is a good song, but I'm going to go with one headlight because I think the wallflowers have a better catalog of their second and third and fourth best song. <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not even fair to Tom. That's Cochran. not part of it. That's not part of the question. <laughs> I know. I just feel like sometimes life really is a highway. So I'm going to go is. with Tom Cochran on We're that one. Okay. Sure. Last yeah. one, the song freshman by the band, the verve pipe. That was a remake of a song, but you know what? It yes. Uh, no, I believe they actually, I believe that was a remake of a of old song, but How do you know, you know that? How did you know that? <laughs> um, I'm actually going with uh, Big the Verve Pipes. I'm going with the fan. Okay, going with the fresh. Really? I'm going with the freshman. I like that song. I don't know how to follow that up. I, I I think we have just found out that our good friend Tom Burke is a Verve Pipe fan. And um and no, that's okay. I'm, I'm saying they remade a song. That's all I'm saying. I'm not a This I'm is saying, about to I'm get I'm not saying I'm a Verve fan i'm this saying is about to get good they remade an older song i believe it. The, i don't think old, they wrote the i don't think they wrote that song is what i'm saying oh, i'm cl- i'm sure they did not write that song <laughs> yeah well yeah right <laughs> we're gonna have to verify that yeah, once the show that, ends that said the only the only other thing i know called the freshman was a movie so i don't i i believe you burke and yeah. i'm still gonna go with one headlight <laughs> okay all right so of those so i was the one, one hit wonders that i just listed which of those did I go out and purchase the entire album that the song came out on? I did not hear Marky Mark in that list. Um, nope. Uh, let's see. Of those, I think you purchased the entire Extreme album. Nope. Oh, uh, I'm going to say you went out and bought the Verve Pipe. I did. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one on this pod that's not a roof pipe. <laughs> you are. It says something about you. Um, I, I realize a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> I realize at this point, as we've gone through, you know, 26 episodes of this show, that we might have an entire segment on my poor music choices between the ages of like 16 and 23. Um, Because there were some bad ones, but I did. I was convinced the Verve Pipe had it. That was going to be a big band. They were the next Um, big band. (laughs) And uh, I was wrong. Anyway, Wallflowers, Exit Wounds, comes out this summer. I'm looking forward to it. I'll give it a listen and and, and see how it goes. Let's move on and talk about movies for a little bit. The big screen is back. They held an event in Hollywood last week promoting the reopening of theaters in time for summer blockbusters. Schwarzenegger was one of the hosts and I wish I could do like a good Schwarzenegger impression. I can't, I'm not even going to try, but his quote that he gave at the event was fantastic because it's just, you're kind of typical. Like you want Arnold to be, you want him to be the guy who's basically making fun of other people for being like wimps and for like being like girly men and stuff. And he had this quote, he's like, 
people are watching movies on little iPhones and little iPads. They had to put their glasses on to see what's going on. They're missing the special effects and the visual effects. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I thought it was so perfect. Great. I thought it was great. Arnold, um, he's a hundred percent right. Going to the movies is still a great experience. Let's try to help out Hollywood by getting people some buzz about some of the blockbusters that are coming out this season. Here are the rules. I only picked movies that are actually going to be released in the theaters. So nothing that's streaming. So nothing Netflix, Hulu, Prime, anything like that, that's going to be a streaming movie rather than something in the theater. I'd like to know how much you guys are looking forward to seeing the movie and your scale is a scale of one to five and it's number of bourbons. So if you're really excited about seeing the movie, it gets five bourbons. If you're not so excited about seeing it or not interested in seeing it, it gets like no bourbon or one bourbon. Are there any questions about the scale? No, I think I got it. First one, F9. No longer just a key on your keyboard. It's another Fast and Furious movie. And this one is promised that it is poised to outdo everything that came before it. John Cena's the bad guy. I don't know. Everybody else in this cast has got to be getting up there in age a little bit. I don't think I've seen a Fast and Furious movie since the second one. How excited are you to see F9? I give that one bourbon on your scale because like you, I feel like I wouldn't even know what's going on in the plot because I have not seen Fast and the Furious 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, I eight. don't think that matters. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be able to pick it up pretty quickly. <laughs> I Tommy. stopped watching those shows after the second one. Uh, I'm going to give it like a three because my kids love the ride at Universal Studios. Okay. Um, and so they're kind of into it. They're probably going to want to see it just because they've been dying just to go out to the theaters anyways and just do something normal. So, right. uh, you know, it could be exciting. I don't know. Um, they're all pretty much the same plot. It's kind of the same thing every time. But, you know, the special effects, things like that are kind of cool, I guess. So. Um, I'll give it like a three. It'll probably keep you interested just to take the boys and, you know, okay. have at it. Black Widow is an origin story. Before she became an Avenger, Natasha Romanoff's work as a Russian spy landed her in hot water with some bad people. <laughs> Tom, given the obvious connection to Russia, how excited are you to see this movie? Slander once again. Seven um, vodkas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to drink five bourbons and then go to this. It's going to be amazing. Again, I guess I'll go with the fact that I think my kids will be interested. It'll be something entertaining. Uh, I'll give it a like a four bourbon just because I, I think it'll be interesting uh, to see her backstory. I saw some previews of it because I think they were going to bring it out before the whole COVID thing hit. So I think I saw some previews. It seemed like it was something somewhat interesting. So what the hell? I'm going to give it a five bourbons. You I love, love the comic book. I love the comic book. I do. Yeah. I, I'm a comic book nerd from way back and uh the marvel cinematic universe has been awesome and my boys are slowly getting into it as they can at that age i'm not going to take them to see this movie they've got a lot of catching up to do in the next uh, five or six years but i'll give it a five i i think this is the first big screen marvel movie since the last avengers movie which was two, two and a half years ago. And I think this movie has been done for a while and they've been delaying its release because they know, they know what they have. They, th this is a guaranteed blockbuster yeah. number yeah. one. That said, I think Scarlett Johansson does a great job as black widow. Um, I I'll probably go see this in the theater. Five bourbons space jam two. 
five. LeBron plays <laughs> aliens and wins another title for the Cavs. Uh, first of all, I don't buy that he wins another championship for the Cavs in that movie. <laughs> Zero bourbons. I have no interest in Space Jam. And LeBron actually annoys me at this point, so I'm kind of done with him. Oh um, my so gosh. I'm done. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm done. I'm done with that. I, I zero bourbons on Space Jam Two. I, I'm not going to give it a lot of bourbons. I'll give it a one. I love all things LeBron. I, I do. Um, but Space Jam was not a movie they had to redo. You, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> you kind of got it the first. Yeah. Time. <laughs> like Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny and Daph. I mean, come on, man. Like they didn't have to redo that. So I, I'm definitely going to skip that in the theater and uh, maybe I'll watch it down the road when it hits one of the streaming services. Okay. This is going to be a good one. Old is a movie coming out by M night Shyamalan mm-hmm. where a oh, family goes on a vacation to a beach and they suddenly start to age like super fast while they're at the beach. And it sounds like every vacation I've ever had with kids. (laughs) (laughs) But it also, conveniently enough, sounds like what's happening to Tom tonight since right now he's 56 (laughs) years old. So what do you think? How many bourbons for old, Phil? I I actually saw the previews for this. This, this again, must have been a movie. Yeah, it really does. Uh, this must have been a movie that was ready to go a little while ago, and I saw previews, and they kind of pulled back and delayed its its release. It looks messed up. Uh, it yeah. looks like Lost, and you know, an M Night Shyamalan movie that is going to you're you're not going to know what's going on. I'll give it two or three bourbons. I don't think I'll see it in the theater to support Hollywood because I'm just going to see Black Widow four times. But. Uh, <laughs> You're doing your part. Yeah, You're I doing am. your part, I am. Phil. I'll, I'll wait patriot. till it's on HBO Max. I'll watch it then. <laughs> Tommy, how about you? Old or just too close to home? <laughs> too soon. Well, it is very, yeah, yeah, it's very close to home. I'll probably give it like a, a two bourbon, but it sounds so M. Night Shyamalan. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. Out of yeah. Beach, yeah, you're right. Like, what the hell? He comes up with some crazy crap. But I'm into anything that can be just kind of weird, just kind of out there. Um, so it could be, you know, entertaining. I, I don't know if it's something to take the kids to or not. Uh, probably not, I guess. Uh, uh, probably I not. No. So if it's just me, you know, rating it on my own, um, yeah, maybe like a two or three bourbon. Probably want to have like five or six bourbon to go watch it because it's probably going to be great, on, you know, while you're wasted. Uh, how about The Green Knight, which is the movie adaptation of Sir Gowan and the Green Knight, which is one of the worst books I was ever forced to read during my formal education. Absolutely terrible. Phil, how many bourbons for the Green Knight? Zero. I I feel like there's so many really good books they could adapt into a a screenplay. Right. To to choose that, like what what are we doing here? I I didn't even know that was happening, and I'm gonna pretend it's still not. I'll agree and go zero because I, I I know nothing about it, but I because I I did not read that book, but uh, it sounds like I never want to read that book. Glad I wasn't forced to. Definitely don't want to see it as a movie. So I'm gonna go zero. I can't remember if we had to read that in British Lit Junior Year, Phil, with Miss Wayne. I think so. I think so. Um, but I know that I had to read it again in college, and mm. it was ridiculously and terribly boring, and I can't believe they're making a movie out of it. But it's supposed to be the movie that like scratches the itch of all the people who are missing uh, Game of Thrones. It's supposed to be like that kind of medieval, violent, anyway. Yeah. Um, how about, I'm how not about buying the, it. There, there's Game of Thrones prequels coming out on HBO. How about that right. scratches that itch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't need yeah. Sir Gowan and the Green Knight. All right, last one. He's all that, 
which is the <laughs> gender flipped remake of the Freddie Prince Jr. classic high school movie. She's all that. Well, it's about time, burpees. guys. It's about time yeah. the males start getting uh, the the headline here, right? Yes, thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank> God. <laughs> How many bourbons to go see? She's all that. He's all that. I'm gonna He's say, all that. Yeah, you're right. I'd go see She's All That again. That was a great <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say it would take me a Freddy dozen Prince. bourbons to get me to go, and I'm gonna say <laughs> it's zero bourbons on your scale. <laughs> Tommy, how about you? Oh, I'm going five bourbons. This is gonna be outstanding. I love I love a great guy makeover movie where he's a nerd and then just becomes so gorgeous and then you know gets the girl um, right up my alley. Well, that's I think a, a perfect segue from movies to talking about Tommy's weight loss journey. Oh, boy. Our very own He's All That that we've been running now <laughs> since, I looked it up today, Tom, yes, since sir. the eighth episode of the show, we've been talking about this. That was 18 weeks ago. That same night, we talked about the Browns losing in the playoffs to the Chiefs, the James Harden trade, and Betty White turning 99. <laughs> now she's like 105. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> she passed us up. So you got to your... 40 last week, mm -hmm. uh, which is an absolutely huge number. Well, what's been the best part of this process for you? I don't know. I've kind of enjoyed the fact that everybody's kind of gotten on board with it and just gotten so much support. Uh, it's been cool that everybody's just cheering me on and going along with it with me, kind of the journey together. But obviously, yeah, you know, I guess maybe the best part is just feeling healthier, which is obviously the biggest thing I need. <laughs> need to feel yeah, which that's is what just, i thought you were going to go with but i do appreciate yeah. that you know you like yeah. the fact that we're supporting you <laughs> yeah i would have gone with feeling better um, right no feeling better is obviously great but uh, you know but I, obviously just the fact that you know everybody's kind of been so supportive and doing the push-ups and doing all that stuff that's that's been really great but yeah no i mean just, just again just you know feeling healthier feeling lighter <laughs> just you know being able to move around a little better so all that's been you know been been good well good man i know it's 18 weeks is a long time since since we started or since you started and since we were kind of along for the ride with you. I feel like, and we know we talked about this a little bit earlier today, Tom, that mm -hmm. it's probably time to start looking at this in like a bigger picture than in like the one week snapshots that we've been doing. So I think tonight we're going to wrap this segment for good. I hope we've helped. I hope we've had some fun along the way. And obviously we're not going anywhere. Uh, but I think it's time, and I think we've kind of run the course with what this segment can do and what we can have a good time with it and, and how it's helping you, man. And so I think we'll wrap it. This will be our last weekly check-in. Um, but obviously, anytime you want to let us know when you hit another milestone or if you need some help or something, uh, let us know. I know that you know, you're know you looking for more numbers you know, beyond 40, and uh, just keep up the good work, man. We're We're here for you when you need us, okay? Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, fellas. We are out of time. I am out of questions for now, and we just did the entire show without mentioning Tim Tebow. So nice. Have a great week, and let's best do this again did. real soon. Yeah, best pod <laughs> ever. <laughs>
if you want to just yeah knock me just randomly put your voice in there going you're dead wrong this is uh, exactly <laughs> you, what happened you call well, yourself know, like, a verve pipe fan <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. no you know where i got i, I still remember even... back in the day my brother told me he goes oh yeah that's from an old song or something like i still remember him saying that from years back just saying like oh yeah that was from a it's a remake of a song do you even follow verve pipings their website I, I don't. I, I knew nothing of it, but I, I might start. I wouldn't recommend it. No. Earth <laughs> pipings. Ah, mm. oh, God. When when were they? Freshman came they, out in '97. So, so we were like, in college. I remember we in college. Being, yeah. I remember it being a big deal our sophomore year of college, yeah. only because I remember like the apartment that I lived in at Miami where we would watch like TRL when we came home from class in the afternoon or something like that. And this was like the number three song. <laughs> and then I went out and bought the CD. And I remember listening to it, listening to it. And so glad immediately, I right CD. <laughs> immediately regretting my decision. Like, God damn it. Yeah, that was, that was $16 and I don't have a whole lot of dollars. right now. <laughs> and I just spent it on this shit album. Why have I not oh, learned from so Mark? <laughs> I know. It was so well, there was a lot of years in between. Yeah. Actually, no, there wasn't. It's probably only like three, but in Burke years, <laughs> it's like 15. Yeah, <laughs> With Fran Mill, I like how you just said, we had a real good thing going there. Like yes. you and Fran Mill had something going and we he just did. broke up with you. I yeah, we did. Funny. Yeah. Um, don't broke, sleep on he Sam broke my Henches. Heart. <laughs> Is he a lesbian now? Uh, <laughs> Probably. Sam. Talk about a player like this. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on the dude's name now. Who is the really shitty right fielder we had for a long time that they always swore was going to hit he never did um mark witten no not that no, far back he was awesome mark, <laughs> mark witten best bow-legged player yeah. ever yeah, um, you're talking about lonnie chisenhall i'm talking about lonnie chisenhall yeah. Oh, I, wish we, I wish we did. It's like actually a good uh, addition to the pod. Just urination no. going on in the background. And, no, uh, yeah. no, no. You... <laughs> Slamming a dryer doors. I'm surprised 26 episodes into this, you know, so little about podcasting. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's only been on like four. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. There That's it not is. fair. He was on the first. He was on the first four with you. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? Here to amuse you?